Works just as well though. As yeah, right. you are playing that live each time. Yeah, I play that live Why? every show. Uh, that's a good question because I took it out at one point because I got nervous about copyright, but then I realized that was ridiculous. You are, you are, you are. quite anxious about copyright infringements. It's yeah. come up a few times in the last few episodes, but it's fine. It's fine now because we've now commented on it, right. which means it's fair use. <laughs> anyway. Welcome to the show. We're doing Series 2, Episode 30 of the Ricky Gervais Show on XFM. I'm David Ferrier. With Stephen Merchant. Zach, what's your Heat Magazine-style headline for this episode? XFM radio show breaks record for most code breaches in 60 <laughs> minutes. This is a... Ooh, it's it's a got everything. Uh, there's uh, definitely tough listening elements. New features, homophobia, anti-genitals, we've got it all. I think the show here has... Are you all right with your... Yeah, yeah. My headphones just came out when, while you were uh, fist pumping. Um, we've hit a rough patch in this series, you I reckon? think. Yeah, I, I listened a little bit to next week's episode as well. We're definitely in the dog days of series two where they get lazy and... It's definitely just, lazy. And yeah. just some 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 distasteful to oh, our 2022 ears shit comes oh, there's out. There's more coming, isn't it? Uh, I thought, a little I bit more. Like, I was like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it. I texted you last night saying, "Should we have we made our point with this show? Is it time to wrap it up?" Because I just Did don't. Did you feel I was influenced by this episode? Uh, a little bit. Just like, do we want to go? So, um, Carl thinks that gay men should have their own toilet. Zach, what do you think? I know. It's no. like it's not. Where 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 can you go with that? Nowhere good. Um, so they're missing Rockbusters as well in this episode. It comes back though, Zach. Don't worry. Well, the, you know, it's hard because um, I was getting so annoyed at Ricky this episode because, like, for someone who's so fired up about people being lazy and taking sick days and, you know, you know, not contributing, I'm like, man, like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, Ricky and Steve, what would... I guess we found out what they would do if Carl wasn't there last week. Mm. They would talk about Carl for the whole thing and try <laughs> to get him on the phone. Yeah, but he's has different rules for different situations. Yeah. Like, he, What is fun to him is to wind up Carl now. And that's the thing that has turned. There's a grab that I'll play a bit later where... Um, where, where, like, you can just hear that Ricky and Steve are just going after Carl so hard, yeah. and that is now the game. The game is no longer let's let's um, let's extract unique perspective and information out of Carl. It's let's put the pressure on him and try to make him react. Yeah, it's a, there's an interesting discussion which I'm not sure if it's one that this podcast is uh, capable of having, but it's fascinating to me uh, that. Yeah, there are a lot of offensive uh, opinions shared. But but who's at fault? Or maybe they're all at fault. But it's like because Carl a number of times says, I don't want to, I don't want to share that. Like I, I know that that's something that I shouldn't share. The other guys know it's something he shouldn't <laughs> share as well. And they're goading him into it for, because I, I don't know, it reminds me of kind of like, you know, trying to encourage a kid to swear when you're in, you know, when you knew that they were going to get in trouble or something, it's like, say it, say it. I don't know. Do you, do there, you recognize a lot of, that? It's, it, it's, it, the dynamic is very much very primary school. Yes, there's a lot 
in this show that um, that fits that description of three naughty boys in primary school, two maybe a little bit more switched on that they know they can they can goad the third into doing things um, that are not in his best interest, and um, they're just having a great time doing that, being cheeky. Uh, this episode was broadcast March 15, 2003, number one in the UK charts. Still, Christina Aguilera, beautiful. Movies released the day before include Barbershop and Equilibrium. Do you remember Equilibrium? Neither of those movies I remember. Equilibrium was like a Matrix ripoff with oh. Christian Bale wearing the full black. I've never actually seen it. No, I do love those kind of... What are they called? Is it, are they, are they, there's a name for them. Homage? No, those movies that come out kind of, you know, like Ants and a Bug's Life. What what are those called? Oh, yeah. Well, that's like parallel thinking. Or, yeah. Yeah, at one point a couple of years ago, there were, I remember reading that, because you know how they have pilot season? In, yeah. There were two pilots being made about someone with an imaginary friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just one random random oh, year. That's, it, that's where you think you're being, that's where you think you're really original. And then you kind of, it's quite depressing, really. You kind of learn, like, oh, no, we're all just reacting to the same stimulus and coming up with the same ideas. In the post-Matrix years, there were so many imitations. Yeah, right. So I don't, think what you're, I don't think this is an example no. of this. I think this is a rip-off. This is or a... like trying to get on to Trying the, to ride that yeah. wave yeah. Uh, of cool. Um, bit of business. We've got a couple of new EPs. We haven't prepped this beforehand, so I've come up with a couple of uh, nicknames for our new executive producer, Zach. Um, but if something springs to mind, let's have a conversation. So the first one is for Luke Feetenby. I looked up the origins of the name Feetenby and says, uh, of Danish Viking origins, Viking. the suffix B or B-Y uh, is, means farming, means farm, to farm. So you're a farmer. So I've come up with Luke the Plow Feetenby. I like that. Playing all Strong. the hits. Plowing through the hits. And uh, Chris Clemente. Again, I looked up Clemente. Can I guess? Citrus. Farmer. <laughs> That's good. I should have thought. I didn't think that. No, it's a, a more romantic form of the old school Clement, which probably means Mandarin. Yeah, I'm sure. Or some. Clementine is a, is a citrus fruit, right? Yeah. Some type of. Well, I just, I, I, uh, I clung on to the more romantic form of Clement. So, Chris Heartbreaker Clemente. <laughs> I like it. I like okay. it. The Heartbreaker is definitely a Saturday night show. Yeah. Like a call-in love Like a love line. What happened to those shows? I, was, they, they kind of had one in Australia a few years ago. Was it called Love Line? That's like yeah, a famous like, one in America. Uh, it was like love song dedications. It was definitely pre-recorded because I just know the talent that was on it wouldn't have been working Saturday nights. And then you start to wonder, where are they getting these calls from then? Because they never advertise for people to call up. And you realize they're all salespeople. <laughs> who work in the station and it's like, all right. That's often the case. Yeah. When you hear an ID with someone saying like, I love the music. It's Did I probably- tell you about one I heard about recently for the first time ever? This is interesting. A guy was telling me that he, he works in like a audio, like a, like Carl, I guess. And he said uh, his first job ever, this was about the time that XFM, this XFM show was happening in the early 2000s. He came in, he's like a 20 year old kid and they said, go down to the, um, you know, outside the shops or the local square or the mall or whatever and start, you know, we need you to record some stuff with people in the 
public. And he goes, okay, can I wear like a shirt that says the radio station so people know where I'm from? And they go, no, 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 no. We purposely want people to not know where you're from. And let's just say for the sake of it, he's from XFM, right? So he goes down and uh, he asks one question and he goes, uh, uh, what's your favorite radio station? They answer like capital or something like that. And then he goes, second question, what do you like about it? Hits record. And they go, I just love that they play the best music and they have the best announcers. He's like, great, stop. And Evil then, genius. And then he said, that, so then they use all those grabs of people talking about other radio stations in all their promos. And he said, to this day, he still hears the grabs he recorded 20 <laughs> years ago on that station. And people were like, they just play the best music. <laughs> and they didn't even know what station they were, you know, it, they were being misrepresented. Mud world, don't it? It's kind of like what Carl does inserting himself into movies, except they're not doing it for humour. I uh, I must have told it here on the show that when I was doing overnights, I used to take, sometimes people would call thinking it was the taxi number because it was very similar to the competition line, and I'd flip their call into them making a song request. I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> what type of, like... like I, I would, like, I would leave, I'd go, oh, it's not the taxi, you've actually got a radio station, but hey, what's a song that you love? Oh, right. So it wasn't, you weren't just playing the Australian band Taxi Ride <laughs> three times a night. <laughs> I want Taxi what do you Ride. Want? Taxi <laughs> Ride. Um, is there an American band called Taxi? Yeah. Uh, well... Train. I'm thinking train. of Train. You're thinking of, <laughs> you're thinking of Teardrops in Jupiter... Hey, Soul Sister, the great band Train. Um, my nightmare, by the way, anytime it's like, oh, go down and ask the public to do. I had to do that I'd my first day of broadcasting, uh, my broadcasting thing, diploma, Yeah, um, was we're all given recorders and it was like an open day and we had to go get Vox Pops. And they're pretty, it's hard. I guess you see a lot of that type of content these days of people going to like um, different, uh, conventions and things of different ideologies. But even that's at yes. least those people have gone there for a specific reason. It's so not have some type someone of- on their lunch break <laughs> yeah, okay. having a bad day and then suddenly they've got a microphone in front of I them. I find a lot of those ones, it's like people want, they're like seeking out a microphone. They like come fired up wanting to share an opinion. Wait, Whereas but- that, you know, when they when you go to a certain convention, I guess you're going there because you have a certain belief mm. and you want to tell yeah, people you about expound, it. Yeah, you want to expound. Yeah, but yeah, when you're going to like, you know, the university open day or the TAFE open yeah. day or whatever, you and probably don't have a strong opinion to share. <laughs> Someone who's very nervous but is overcompensating, like six or three man, because that's what I did. I was like, I oh, just brute force, band-aid, go, hey, what do you think of this? And people did literally go, whoa. Uh, well, you might have done Billy on the street before Billy Eichner. He copied me. I knew it. Uh, let's get on to the air check. Series 2, episode 30 of the Ricky Gervais Show on XFM, break one. Carl is back and he's immediately getting wound up by Ricky and Steve for being off last week. You don't go home for a cold, Ricky says. Um, Who would have thought that was the thing that aged the as best? badly. <laughs> like, <laughs> that aged better than the rest of the episode. <laughs> Carl can only remember being off twice. Here is the first reason. One, when it was windy. What did yeah. you have time off because it was windy? But to be honest, Carl, that lasted no, no, for wait. seven years. <laughs> yeah. Your time wait, off wait, at school. Wait. Why did you have time off because it was windy? Were you windy or was it windy outside? No, it was, it was a really, it was like when... when Your auntie wasn't out of the window, was she? Yeah. When the winds were bad in the 70s. I mean, I was... <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 
woo, woo. You know, was that a remember, famous of course, period? Yeah. <laughs> the winds. But also, he was born in 1973. So if he's going to school, 79. it has to be 78, 79. I looked it up. I couldn't find anything. Um, we have um, winds at the moment in, in Brisbane. Yeah, do you know the echo winds? No. Have you never heard about this? No. Yeah, there's August winds, the westerlies. So people might, you might refer to them as the echo wind or the westerlies or maybe August winds. But yeah, there's a consistent westerly wind in August. So does that increase the chance of being sick? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know if there's a correlation between wind and illness, but I don't believe there would be. If anything, you'd think that viruses would spread out more in the wind. No, he's talking about it being so windy that he it's not safe oh, it's to walk down the street. Well, that's not... If it was, like, cyclonic, I wouldn't let my kids walk down the street. I think that's fair enough. Have also, what, to go to year one, like, or, or year two, like, missing a day versus risking a kid's life or well-being... Keep them home. You heard it here first, folks. Zach is on Carl's side. Or Carl's. A rare occasion I'll side with Carl's mum. I do not agree with the policy about shaving cats. (laughs) But keeping kids home in the wind, maybe. In the wind. Westerly, uh, is it good surfing in August usually? I don't know. Westerlies Uh, are usually good winds. It might be too strong. You want like a westerly breeze. Uh, That's true. You don't want it to be blowing a gale um, unless you're a windsurfer. Mm. <laughs> That's always a sign heading to the beach when it's like a shit day is if you see the parasails up. Like, yeah. it's no good. It's not my day. Keep driving. Have you noticed the transition from windsurfing to kite surfing now? I, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like um, skateboarding to scootering. Like, no one skateboards anymore. They're all on their scooters. I wonder if like windsurfers are looked down upon by kite surfers. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they know how lame. lame they look. Yeah, everyone getting around on on razor scooters these days. I'm not a fan. No, neither am I. But I also identify that they would think that I'm an old man. <laughs> well, you need the safety of handlebars. Grow up. Um, have you ever? Have you ever missed anything because of weather? Like, oh, we well floods here. I guess. Did you, 2011, you would have been finished school? Yep. Um, did I miss anything because of weather? Yeah, like, what do you mean? Like, sport was always called off because of storms. No, I'm, I'm thinking opposite, school? basically the opposite to Manchester. Growing up in Perth, the only risk that we had of school being cancelled was if it got over 45 degrees Celsius. That's always a rumour. Did that ever happen? I didn't, it they, never happened. That's what kids always spoken about. Like, you know, if it gets to a certain thing, they have to send us home. It never... Is that... See, I, you, I'm still thinking if, that, if that's urban legend or if that's an actual rule. Because there were, there were classrooms where there was no air conditioning. So yeah. it must have been. I... Not keeping me home from school, but I got a stern talking to you from my dad for running around in a storm once. Like, because we have tropical storms. It's like, I don't know if everywhere has similar storms. Like, very windy. No, no. Like, it's thunderstorm. very specific to here. And uh, I couldn't understand why he was upsetting me. He's like, don't... I ran from my friend's house up the road home. And I was, like, having a great time running around in the storm. And he's like, mate, like, a branch could come down. And it's true. That does happen. And now that I have a kid, that would really scare me if my kid was running around in a storm. So I understand it. But but never, like, don't go to school. Okay. 
Sounds like your dad and Carl's mum are sort of in sync there. But well, tropical s- storms happen at a pretty consistent time. Right. It's like in the afternoon usually. So, you, you know, you're usually home from school, to be honest. Right. And um, I, I guess that um, Manchester not exactly known for its tropical storms, I but don't, what, strong winds in the 70s, yeah. apparently. Uh, Carl then talks about how his school tried to make attending interesting with a certificate uh, if you did a full week. The, <laughs> this is where this is like, it just, this episode just has these troughs of like getting sadder and sadder. <laughs> like, it's just like he, Carl shares these opinions, which are really offensive. Then he shares about his life, which is just sad. And you're just like, well, I don't, this isn't enjoyable to hear. <laughs> like, it's sad. It's really sad. So they tried to make it interesting by saying if you do a whole week, you'll get a certificate and you'll get to leave early on Friday. So Carl made it all the way to the end of the week, but bad weather on that Friday meant he didn't go in. So then the following Monday, the teacher said this. To punish you, you're the only one who wrecked the whole week, right? Everyone else came in. You didn't. So everyone else is going home at three o'clock today, but you're not. Brilliant. Serves you right. And, uh, and- I wasn't bothered though. It was great because I said, well, you'll have to stay with me, won't you? It was great. So all I did for half an hour was doodle and stuff. It was great that afternoon. Low expectations. And so, hang on, the teacher, so maybe the storm then wasn't that dangerous if the rest of the class came in. And the teacher also thought it was worth punishing. Jesus, come on, Carl. Well, he speaks about wagging here. Maybe that's what, maybe that's how they saw it, the teacher. They said like, oh, you were wagging school. You didn't have a good reason not to come, so... That's why you're getting punished. I don't know. Yeah, the the wind excuse didn't go over for his teacher. Is that like teacher? a dog ate my homework kind of mm. thing? Did you ever wag? Were you a, a class skipper? No. Truancy? No. Way too scared. Yeah. Way too like didn't want to get in trouble. Didn't want to have to explain myself. No. Did you? Um. Yeah, kind of, but not. I'd always have a like. I skipped classes to work on extra like i was obsessed in high school about you know making films and things like that uh, so i'd skip classes to work on the radio show that we did at lunchtime and stuff yeah. like that <laughs> so i guess like um i don't think if they found that out i'm sure they'd just be like oh okay as long as you're not starting fires <laughs> like that's fine <laughs> Which like, no not- one ever said anything like i never they never followed it up. i think by the time you get to like senior school at my school, they were like, if you don't want to come, that's on you. Well, that's what I remember about year 11 and 12 was like suddenly the school day would end at one thirty in the afternoon. We only did four days. Amazing. Yeah, they, they, they did it in a way that you do a couple of longer days. Yeah. Because like sport was usually half of one day, but sport, you didn't have to do it. And then so the other half they put early in the morning on the other days. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so you just had Wednesday off in high sc- in late high school. Yeah. Hmm. And yet I uh, went to every class, still didn't do particularly well. No. Yeah. So if I, <laughs> I had the uh, the discipline of a nerd, just not the intellect. But I didn't see, yeah, like early in high school, skipping classes was like, oh, my goodness. You uh, need to have a good excuse, yeah. Well, you would only do it to s- do drugs. That was the assumption. Uh-huh. Not work on your radio and shows. They, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, well, that, is that what they're calling it these days? 
You'll have to do a new radio show. But is that what people were doing? Because people would just leave know. school and go and smoke, like at the tennis club. Yeah, yeah, that's what across I think was road. happening. A guy got expelled because they found. Well, it was always like um, we never found out exactly what it was, but some type of drug apparatus in his bag. A kid, I saw someone. There was a guy, one of my friends was known as like a drug dealer, and I don't know if that was fair enough or not. But I remember he sold, he just cut up, someone asked him for drugs and he just cut up some grass <laughs> off the field and put it in a Ziploc bag knowing that they wouldn't know. And he's like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that'll be 20 bucks or whatever. <laughs> and that person smoked that and then Ooh. and then had a, was really quote unquote high for the next class. And he was kind of just laughing because she's like, man, I'm so high. He's like, are you? Oh, wow. Must have been some strong stuff. <laughs> and did this get back to... Did he get expelled? Is this the kid who no, got expelled? No, he didn't get expelled. I don't know. No. That was fine. That's just a real, that's just a, a solid prank. That's pretty, that was pretty good. <laughs> There's someone who's working on the, uh, the cartoon that I'm making who um, is originally from the Philippines, and he said he, he moved to Australia when, like, for the start of grade six, so still primary school, but in the Philippines, smoking was way more prevalent and, like, kid smoking was pretty normal. Was it? So, so, I don't know, in his world at least. Yeah. Um, so he would, he would smoke and he, but were they allowed to smoke in class? Not in class. But I, I don't know, but just yeah. like, you know, he's, he, he described this life in the Philippines where it's like, it was okay for him to light up. Uh, so he, he shows up to school the first day in Australia for first day of year six and he lights a cigarette outside the school <laughs> gates and the teacher walks up and goes, JC, what the fuck? Probably not using that language. And he's like, what? oh, do you want one? You go- <laughs> that poor kid. We got, a sh- uh, we got a story on our radio show once. We said, when has Google Earth um, busted you? You know how, not Google Earth, Street View. Mm. You know how the camera goes around and takes pictures? Is? Um, and this guy said, uh, I was walking past a school, skipping class. He called up and he's like, um, and I was smoking. And then... On the, like, street view, there he is in front of the school in his uniform smoking. Shit. And then, uh, like, a week later or whatever, or whenever it came out, a few months, I don't know how it worked, but he said he got called into the principal's office and, like, they just, like, turned the computer around and, like, <laughs> can you explain this? And he's like, ah, There's nah. nothing you, that is caught red hand. But, because, like, you know, he said it's on street view. So, we're like, oh, we've got to proof this. And we looked it up. There he is. Smoking on street oh feet. Not only that, that was like five years ago that we got that call. It was a guy from Sydney. I was in Sydney a few weeks ago and we were um, just driving, you know, across town or whatever. And I'm in the passenger seat and I'm looking at the, this school gate and I'm like, I recognize that school gate. It was the school. <laughs> I just like randomly drove past it a thousand kilometers away from where we took that call. Carl, I- oh, hang on. Perfect time for this. Mud world, don't it? Uh, in break two, there's no rockbusters, so Carl has a new idea. Um, call he calls it crosswords in this show. It eventually becomes known as songs of phrase. How does it go? Take, take like a, a popular saying from the show. A popular yeah. what? A popular saying, something that crops up quite a lot in the show. In our show, yeah, yeah. Um, first thing that spring sort of sprang to mind was uh, there's this airy Chinese kid. This oh, is where Ricky classic. and Steve really mean. But more, more commonly, it would be something like, Carl, you're an idiot. Yeah, play Carl, record, you idiot. You're a fool. Where, Carl, you're a fool. Oh, what did you mean? You let us down again. Yeah, you Carl, where have here. you been? Yeah, oh, you've you... got a headache, have you, Carl? Yeah. You better have a oh. lie down. 
<laughs> typical yeah. phrases like that. Yeah, Sean. typical phrases like that. Yeah, yeah. Carl, you're a loser. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And um, what I've done, I've got a load of different songs, and took words <laughs> from the different songs and then joined them together yeah. to make. There's this airy Chinese kid, and then people have to email in and say what the five songs were. It sounds like the most complicated game ever. Your first time hearing it, Zach. Did it all? Could you see it? Could you hear it? Did it make sense? Yeah, it made sense. Yeah, it made sense. Is it? You, sometimes you can go a little too far down the hole. Do you know what I mean? I think maybe. Is this something that's happened? Is this a common radio? Have you heard something like this before? Kind of like a song mashup, and you got got a like a common one is people's voices. So they go, "Oh, we're doing the cash cab. Who's in our cab?" Yeah, and they've got five. I love this station. I love Capital yeah. FM. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it was Ed Sheeran, Taylor Swift, Bono, I think. Anyway, that goes on for weeks. I haven't heard it done with songs. I mean. What's the goal here? To be entertaining, to have a good quiz, to be funny? Does it hit any of them? I think it's a it's creative. Interesting. Yeah, it's a creative game, and sometimes, and the way because this, this I w- I think this might be the last of the long running benchmarks. Oh, do they come in and out now? Um, so, ben, so by the way, Rockbusters is gone. No, it comes back. Okay. though. Rockbusters, Songs of Phrase, and the movie thing—they're three of the like. All-time greats, in in my opinion. Well, here's a good marker. Here's a good marker. If you have to play the grab like six times during an hour for people to get it, it's probably too complicated. Mm. They play it three times back-to-back in the same break. When you do those cash cab things of like, hey, it's, you know, whatever, what we just spoke about, those are long-running competitions, like over weeks. These guys want to return this in 15 minutes. Mm. They want people to figure it out. So it might be too complicated for that. Um, is a creative idea, incorporating music and elements of the show might be too difficult. Mm. I think the, the the humor is coming from first of all the choice of the common phrase, sure. which is ridiculous, and then hearing the different songs stitched together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've uh, we've talked about how in um, the comments section of Steve Merchant's Instagram, people will just make XFM references. People do. Type out songs of phrase, really? Yeah, like, and it, you, you, I read it and I hear it in my head. But if you had no idea, like, it would just look like a random because they'll they'll if it's like my is my, they'll stretch out the my. <laughs> if you didn't know the there context, is no way he remembers what that no, is. No, no, chance. no way in the world, no chance whatsoever. Uh, in this break as well, Carl comes up with another chimp related idea. Cheapest chimps. We'll hear that. Bit later on, we also get a little um, uh, mention that Ricky and Carl had a meeting to come up with those ideas because Ricky's across them when he brings them to the show. Into break three, where they talk about the quiz night, the quiz night that Carl has uh, organised a team. Steve is on it, but they're unable to beat Ricky's team, and Steve thinks he knows why. Carl, I, I rather like John Harvey Jones, who used to be called in to sort of troubleshoot companies. I see why you are not winning ever, and it's a rather pricey uh, contest, isn't it? It costs a tenner to enter per Each. person, yeah, yeah. and unless you get in the top three, you're not you're not going to get to see your money back. Right. So, um, I think you're going to maybe need to step down from the team because Carl, oh. I'm not sure. I am not sure. Oh. You you consider yourself a kind of player manager, but frankly, I'm not sure you're providing enough. Right. See, this is this is funny because. 
as bad as I imagine you are, I don't think Steve would make it into my team, so he's getting a bit cocky here. I want to know what your opinion of him, because he's told me he's great on it. Well, you've hung out of order, first of all. <laughs> <right>? Okay. <laughs> this is, um, I think this is a big thing, it seems like, in the UK. Trivia. Pub trivia, right? Like, we have pub trivia here, but it feels like these guys have their teams. And, like, are you in the team or are you not in the team? And we're recruiting people who are good in different areas. Like, you have a area of expertise. Have you ever paid to do pub trivia, though? If I had to pay 10, well, that's 10 bucks, I was going to say... I would put a bit of thought into it. We're watching Hello Ladies at the moment. Well, the prize is probably pretty good, then, if you have... Each table is fifty pounds, and yeah. you have ten tables or whatever. You yeah. Probably, it's probably pretty good. It, Steve says you don't see your money back unless you f- get a podium finish. So then you finish second and first. Um, good cash prize. We're watching Hello Ladies, and one of the things we've been saying is like, do we believe that someone could be as cheap as the main character is? But then when you listen to Steve here, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess oh, yeah. he is that cheap. <laughs> Yeah, like ten pounds, especially in the year two thousand, it's not that bad. Ten pounds for like a good time that, with friends. You compare that to going to the movies or going to play social sport. Like mm. you'd pay ten pounds to, yeah. you know, to the whatever the you know organization is that you're playing sport at. So like, if, and for to go out with friends for a night, yeah. I mean, plus drinks and probably food, I guess. But I go to I go to I like to go to like life drawing every now and then, but it's that's twenty bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks. To look at a nude person and draw them. Is that at an art space? You know, I actually, I'm on the lookout for one here in Brisbane. If anyone knows, the one I like is in, back in uh, my hometown of Perth, where it is a pub, where you like, get a pint, you bring your drawing materials. Yeah, it's in a side room. Yeah, they they, they put curtains up or something. Let's draw these boobs or this dick. Um, What's the appeal of... Uh, life drawing is it that it's kind of raw and like it is down to like just the elemental parts of being a human like someone you know uh, you get to see a nude person which is always fun in public no it's uh for me it's like drawing it's drawing practice no but why a nude person like why isn't it like why don't they put um like each week it's a different object they put up there well or or just a person in or clothes. just a person in that You've hit upon something that I've observed. It's like, why is life drawing naked? Why can't it be someone stressed at their computer at a well, desk? Well, is nude easier than clothing? Uh, ooh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I that's right. So. You could do a scene each week. They could yeah. bring in a little desk and a computer. Or maybe they can be dressed. And maybe it's like they can be dressed in different eras. <laughs> yeah. It's like from the 90s or from the 1890s maybe. <laughs> It's like a period piece. This week, it's someone in the stockades, and it's just the whole time someone with their head. In yes, the that'd be great. Right. And then the other question is like, um, see, it's so, th- something people don't realize about modeling is it's actually quite hard. It's often used as an example of like, oh, they just walk down. It's very difficult. Like the poses, uh, they're thought out, and you need to, you know, there's a skill to it. And so, what does a life model do? Do they do they are they in the same position the whole time? No. Do they switch positions? It sometimes they'll do like a round of two minute poses, then around then like a oh, six minute pose. Okay, they're 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 moving pretty frequently for that exact reason. And do you think their poses are pre planned or are they improving? Uh, I depends how experienced they are. I think there's a lot of just 
Like, well, I was on my ass that time, so yeah. let me move around and be so on you, my elbow. You don't elbow. think they're backstage kind of with jitters okay, in good. their head running. Go there. Okay, okay. Fist on chin. Back with a little bit of a turn. <laughs> Swivel. Going, like dance steps. Yeah. <laughs> going through their poses. No, you're right. There's, there, there, I have noticed there is a distinct lack in Brisbane, particularly in this area of life drawing. Oh. Maybe I've got to get one going and make it like actual life drawing. Yeah. And it is someone just, all right, this first pose, uh, I'm going to be curled up on a chair just on my phone. Yeah, that's good. Mm. I like it. We'll come back to that. Uh, so, yeah, Steve is really brutal about um, Carl and this quiz team. You just think about the things that have happened in this show so far. It has just been turning, tightening the screws on Carl. Well, and is it all because he wasn't there last week and they're angry? Uh, yeah, and it, but it's also it's just because it's fun for for them now to do that to to try to wind him up. We are leading to I don't know how far in the future it is. Carl does not on air, but he does like crack it, and he and he needs not on air. Then no, how do you know about it? Because they talk about it. Like he um he Suzanne like takes him away for a night to like settle down. Well, to be honest, this episode, right? And they have a bit of a they have a bit of a all hands on deck meeting that we hear about, about, about establishing some rules and some... Oh, yeah. we, wait, hang on. We hear about it or we hear it? We don't hear it, we hear about it. We hear about a, a phone call that happened. So, like, we are, le- we are building to that. This is one of the episodes where mm. they are just being relentless in winding Carl up. But when also, like, Carl's come up with this... Um well, uh, crosswords. And then he had to put it together. That one probably didn't take super long, but, you know, it, it did take some time and effort. And then the one where he inserts himself into a movie would take quite a long time. And then there was a third, oh, chimp, uh, Cheapest Chimps. He came up with that and had to, had to do that as well. He's investing a lot of time into it. Like mm. probably, that's probably like a day or at least, you know, half a day's work. You're right. Could be a day. And so, you know, I guess they might justify it by saying, well, man, we've given you this great opportunity that you wouldn't have had otherwise. You know, we, we've we got other opportunities that we're following up. This is kind of your your chance to make it on, the, in, in, on a big radio show. But, yeah, it is imbalanced is what I'm referring to. I didn't even think about the back-end work, because I, I don't even think about him in Billy Elliot being really a feature of this episode, because it's they so put it crammed right in right at, at the, the end. end. Yeah. But that you're right, that, wor- that would take, he'd have to scan through it, find a scene, he'd have to write it, do all that stuff. But then they also, early on, they played it twice. Now it's barely getting played. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also he says he talked to someone for Cheap as Chimps. Cast put a lot of work in on the back end. Uh, so, which is fine. Like sometimes you enjoy, like me, I'll skip in classes to put together radio shows, but maybe not if the other people on the show were saying that I don't do anything and I'm super lazy <laughs> and like, you know, yelling at me each time. Well, maybe they would have got to Billy Elliot quicker if they didn't spend so much time on what comes up next, which is Carl's, uh, one of his more distasteful ideas, <laughs> the gay only toilets. He asks if it's wrong uh, for him to think. Yes, Carl, yeah. it is. It is wrong. Uh, it then leads to the story of seeing up his auntie's caftan when he was, a, when he was little. And uh, this is how he describes it. She did a bit of a sort of a Sharon Stone scene. Oh, God. Yeah. Did you see it? There was no underwear. No. What, what was, age were you? What was it like? 
What age were you? He's like a ripped tennis ball. So. <laughs> what? He's got away we're with words. Air. We're off air. Either that will put us in for the Sonys. He's got away with words, that Pilkington. What a disastrous break. That is, in, t- by, uh, yeah, in a codes standard kind certainly, of way. But they keep coming back to it. Each time they go to a song, I'm like, okay, well, that's over with it. And then we come back from the song and they're like, just going back. I'm like, don't go back. <laughs> don't go back, move on. You know, this drawing, Carl's Childhood, uh, week by week, we're ticking off more and more mm. references for you that yeah. we've reached, which we can now tick off. It's like you should have a copy that's like you, you cross off the the image that now makes sense. It's mm. now been slotted into place. You can now cross off. I've just got one of the little postcard size ones. That little uh, broken split tennis ball, you can now cross oh, that off because now it makes sense. I never sense. even noticed that. <laughs> wow. That's very subtle. It is a very uh, – what a, what a way to describe it, a split tennis ball. So, yeah, they return to the, um, the, the toilets idea in break four and um, – point out how ridiculous it is and then in break five carl gets mad at steve because he keeps picking holes in his ideas uh, can i suggest uh we go for artist rather than song only because sometimes it's quite tricky to get a song title sometimes it's more it's very odd or it's not quite what you think it is so maybe artist is a is an easier one you, are you happy with that carl it's your competition I mean, Steve always does this whenever I come up with an idea. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to make sure it's just the best it can yeah, be, Carl. Yeah. yeah, no, he came up with a few game shows and Steve was going, no, it's no good. And Carl said to me, he said, it's the one of the office ever got on telly. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you, can you relate to that, either side of that? I can relate to getting very excited about an idea and then when, once the idea is probed... And you know you look under the the bonnet, so yeah. to speak, and find and someone finds that there's there's a lack of substance. Getting mad, yeah, because or frustrated because like no, I was I'm ha- excited about this idea. Yeah. Don't pick holes in it. Yep. I guess there's um, constructive ways to do that and non-constructive ways, but also there's uh, an on-air way to do it in inverted commas and um, an off-air way. So the off-air way is might be legitimate, like, hey, I don't think this is going to work. But sometimes it's just within the roles of the show for someone to be against ideas. That might be the idea. Like, I'm going to pitch an idea. It's going to be ridiculous. I want you to – they might not say that, but it's like you're going to punch holes in it, Um, which this show kind of does, whether they do it consciously or not, I don't know. But, you know, like that's often, you know – that's basically a lot of what Carl brings up an idea and the other two highlight why it's ridiculous. It, you can get yourself into diminishing returns because at some point it just gets like, oh, you get to the point that Carl's like, why do I even bother anymore? <laughs> but Steve is just being constructive. He's not saying let's not do the idea. He's just saying correctly, sometimes the names of songs are hard to know because sometimes they have nothing to do with the actual content of the song just make it the artist. That's a good that's, suggestion. That's a good suggestion. But yeah. then Ricky is playing the role of, well, let's. I'm going to work both sides of this and pit them against one another, yeah. which Steve then calls out. Well, I think people will say that Cheapest Chimps could be the best game show ever. You know, when I was in school, people like you, I really didn't like. You're a stirrer, Gervais. He flits, doesn't he, from one side to the next, Carl. The one thing, we may argue, mate, but at least we're consistent. Ricky Gervais flipping from one side to the other. One day he's Carl. on Carl's side. When was the last time Steve wrestled you to the ground and got you in a leg clamp? <laughs> that's a good point. I don't see how that's relevant. <laughs> Why is that? What spur, uh, spurred him to suggest that? 
you know, you talked about how earlier that it, it has the, uh, the the vibe, the energy or the atmosphere of three naughty primary school boys. Yeah. And that I think ex- exemplifies that <laughs> really well. Yeah, isn't Ricky like almost 40 at this time? Yeah, but he's doing this because it entertains him. He doesn't care about anyone else. No, no, I'm aware of that. But tackling people to the ground <laughs> in a work context, just, it boggles my um, brain. I think I'm desensitized to it. I've watched so much behind-the-scenes footage of the making of Office and Extras, and that's all he does. Whoever is nearest to him, he'll find someone usually like a little bit more like Carl who is just... Uh, who like they will give an inch and Ricky will take a mile. There is great behind the scenes footage, not like great, but like the guy who's editing um, extras mm. and they're just filming behind the scenes while they're trying to get editing done. And Ricky is just making a costume for him, like out of stuff that's around the office paper, making him a little hat, ends up taping him to the chair it's like and getting people to come and look and laugh. I get the impression it's like you have to take him to a playground to burn off some energy. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I've been trying to do work before when there's a toddler bouncing off the walls yeah. and one of the adults will just go, all right, <laughs> we're going to the park. Like we need to get outside Ricky, because you have too much energy for this small room. Ricky needs to do zoomies. Is yes. that what you're suggesting at the park? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just running back and forth. You're right. I think you're absolutely right. Because then Steve does describe how he'll then suddenly get tired and <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> need a nap. He is Ricky as a toddler. That but is. also we've uh, hypothesized what the relationship is like working together, Ricky and Steve, on the office. And when um, we've said before that Steve is the kind of structure person or the person who goes like, hey, does this really work? And it sounds like that's exactly what it is in this situation. He's saying to... Um, Carl, oh, I think you need to think this through. It might not you you know, you're coming with the inspiration for the idea. Let me mold it a little bit. Seems like, you know, we're getting further confirmation that that's how Ricky and Steve work as well. And then Rick, Ricky's the devil over the shoulder, kind of like, oh, isn't he undermining your ideas all the time? He never likes your ideas. Uh I didn't I didn't record the actual songs of phrase, but I think I found the moment because I think it's it'll be fun to hear. Here we go. What are we saying? We're saying artists? Let's go with artists. Artists. So email in ricky.gervais at xfm.co.uk. Name the fa- five artists it has taken to make up the saying, Give that email address Chinese again. Kid. Give that email address again. ricky.gervais at xfm.co.uk. There's this right. airy Chinese kid. Here we go. <laughs> there it is. A new segment is born on the Ricky Gervais show. Uh, break six. It was Suzanne's birthday earlier in the week. Carl got her a little pair of gloves. Uh, they then revisit the uh, fact that Carl has never been into to present buying. Yeah, just sad. He, he, this whole thing is like... <laughs> he blames some bad experiences as a kid for why he doesn't try. And Ricky points out that what Carl has is, uh, is gift trauma. I mean, my dad just wouldn't bother. It, it was my mum who sort of made an effort and 
she sort of worked out half of what I wanted, then she left it to me dad to get it off someone, see if he could get one cheap or whatever. Uh, what I, I, I love the fact that usually people talk about, like, drinking heavily yeah. or, um, uh, violent abuse, right? Yeah. But here's what he's been left with and scarred with from, from parents is bad gift buying. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> Zach, your thoughts? <laughs> um, I don't think Ricky's being a bit harsh. He was, it doesn't, whether, whatever the act was, doesn't really matter. It, it caused a reaction that made him throw up on the spot. That's a concern for some reason. Do you think it's a valid excuse, though, to not oh, try? Right. But um, then the no. thing is, I think Carl actually does try. When you like, he yeah, got her gloves he, that she wanted. Yeah, he took her out to a nice dinner for Christmas. He bought her a box of condoms. <laughs> um, well, if, if she wanted the gloves, she wanted the gloves. I don't know yeah. how you can be critical of that, but um, <sighs> sometimes I think the spontaneous throwing up is maybe something that could be looked into. Let, let's hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, he he get and then even the way that he characterizes. I think you might have the exact phrase, but he says like, um, you know, sometimes I get so worked up. Mm. It doesn't seem like this was a one-off thing. Mm. I think, oh, Carl, you might want to look into that. That sounds like a pretty serious anxiety disorder. So yeah, this is the 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 train um, present. Let's call that Exhibit A in the case of Carl proving his uh, gift trauma. This is uh, Exhibit B when. Um, when on Christmas Day there was a bit of a, a crisis with the computer that he was given. I mean, that's going, I don't know, I've got you the main bit. That's, that's it. So, I was that wound up, I just was sick, right? <laughs> <laughs> just sick. I, I didn't feel sick or anything, I just was like, oh God, went to the sink, just, just sick. Because I was that on edge about it. I said, come on, we've got to get one. And my dad's like, Tandy's shut, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get anything today. Ruined again, Christmas Day. That was after the year when my train set got blown up by our kid. So the computer he got didn't have the RAM pack, yep. couldn't get it on the day, just ended up sick. And a uh, nice little shout out to Tandy there. Did you ever shop at Tandy? Never. Oh, closed down in 2011, sadly. You can relate to though, the R. parent. R. You probably, uh, maybe other people can. I can't relate to throwing up on the spot, but um, definitely the parents not understanding what yes. you wanted is is very relatable. It's like they, no, I wanted. I, I remember one was a super soaker. There, this is so funny thinking about it now because of course my parents didn't understand. There was an ad for a super soaker where they had the water on a belt, right, and then there was a tube going up to glasses that you wore, and then it it had a, it, it shot out the glasses. <laughs> so like Cyclops from the X Men, but yes. shooting water. Yes, and in the ad. They go to his, he goes to his friend's house and he knocks on the door. The friend opens the door and he goes, ah, and he like yells and it shoots out. To me, that meant that when you yelled, it shot water. And so I said to my parents, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I want the super soaker that you yell and it squirts out. They would have been like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I got a conventional super soaker, like a big bazooka looking thing. Cool. Looking back on it now, it was actually a cool super soaker, but I didn't throw up but i was like no 
that's not what I wanted. I wanted the one that you yell. And they would have been like, I, he keeps saying the one where you yell and it squirts. That doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Did you keep it quiet? Did you have the like, oh, I didn't say anything. thanks. Yeah, but, anything. Or were you like, no, mum and dad? No, I never, they wouldn't even know to this day. Like, they'd be like, okay. what? Super Soaker? We don't even remember that. But at the time. And then I took it out on the Super Soaker like I was punishing it. I'm like, I'm not going to use you. I'm making a statement. And then like a few years later, I was like, you know what? This Super Soaker is actually not bad because it was so much more powerful than my friend's ones because it was a pretty good Super Soaker. Do you remember what it was? What the model it, was? It would have been that like classic, you know, it's got a big tube on top. Mm. It looks like a blaster. Mm. And then you pump it. Yeah. Two-handed thing. And there's a... And it was pretty powerful. Remember when like Super Soakers were, were like really coveted items? Maybe it's a thing growing up in Australia. Well, it kind of became Nerf. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, because yeah. in our colder climates, I don't imagine they're doing as much super soaking. But my uh, friends of mine had the super soaker. I think it was called the 2000. And it was, it was like a fire hose, but only for about four <laughs> yeah, seconds. that's the issue because you build up the pressure. You build up the, it. it was so big and you would, like you would, your arm would just be screaming in pain from pumping and then you'd throw, press the thing. Uh, a kid would hit the wall because there was so much <laughs> water pressure and you'd go, wow, this is cool. I, I got one. A present that went right was it was the one I asked for was the one where you hooked up this thing to the end of your hose. You turned the hose on mm-hmm. so that then when you were in a in a you know I don't know water fight whatever we did with super soakers, you could instead of taking it off, filling it, screwing it back on, pumping, you could just um, press the nozzle against this little device that was connected to the hose, and it oh. would fill and create the pressure. Oh, that's cool. So you could just go. That's cool. That was pretty cool for about a few weeks. And did you know this existed? Yeah. And you oh, asked I saw for the specifically? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I have a my example of that, like parents just getting it a little bit wrong, was, and this is when I was like 18, 19 or whatever, I really wanted um, a Socceroos jersey of Harry Kuehl. He was my favourite player. So I sent, I remember sending my parents a link to the exact one, like had the size, I wanted the home jersey, with Kewl on the back. Yeah. They just had to click the link and hit buy. Yeah. Christmas Day, I open it up. It's an away jersey. Oh, no. With no name on it. <laughs> Which is like, ah, like, yeah, thank you. I appreciate It's still the thing, but for God's sake, this is just, it's yep. just wrong enough. To be fair to my parents, I want to put a good one out there. 13th birthday. For some reason, I didn't know this was a possibility, so I hadn't asked for it. But they got me a surfboard and, like, I had been interested in surfing. I had been surfing with some, like, older, my sister's friends. Like, my sister's boyfriend had a surfboard and he let me borrow it. So they obviously put the pieces together, but I hadn't yet. And I was like, oh, my goodness, yes, a surfboard. That's what I want. And then we went to the beach that day and we went surfing and it was, like, the best. And then your drunk older brother didn't come in and break it later that day. It was just a good experience. No, I did break my sister's boyfriend's stuff what no. <laughs> uh and because they well, were you can't like, get in trouble you, no i didn't get in trouble your sister. and also i didn't even know at the time i didn't know enough about surfboards to know that i had put a huge dent in it i was like oh well you know you don't really know that that's an issue now that i know surfboards i'm like oh yeah that would have been like a 200 dollars repair job <laughs> yeah i i remember uh i would have been like six or seven we we went to i think it was noosa i yeah. think and we went to one of the beaches where everyone was surfing and we're walking over the rocks. There's like a lot of rocks and there were people getting ready to go out. And there was a guy with his surfboard just sitting on the rocks. Bad idea anyway. And I fully tripped over it. 
and like kicked it and it went, you know, skittling along the rocks. I think back on that now and be like, I fucked that guy's surfboard <laughs> up. At the time, I'm a little kid. I just went, oh, sorry, and kept walking. Um, yeah, well, to be fair, yes, that was your fault, but, you know, maybe pick the surfboard up. Mm. But you probably shouldn't put it down on the rocks. No, no, it's a bad idea. But, okay, so we've both had good birthday presents. That's why we're conscientious present buyers. Well, here's, it makes me terrified, this, thinking about my daughter, because I'm like, my parents tried. They weren't not trying. They got mm. the super soaker. They thought they were doing the right thing. And I don't know in Carl's situation if they I, – I kind of feel like that they did try. They tried to get him the thing he wanted. Um, but a classic one, which I don't know if you relate to, is asking for a Game Boy and getting one of those like – Knock one off. of those games that only has one game in it. Yeah. And it's kind of yeah. like there's only a few frames on the screen and yeah. they just light up in different sequences. Yeah. It's like not the same thing. There's a name for, for those things, those kind of games. They'd probably be worth a lot now. But I remember I had like a Jurassic Park one. I got, And I'm like, it's not a Game Boy. <laughs> like, but again, they probably thought it was. Yeah. I, I don't know. The internet age, she'll just be able to send you links. Uh, yes, that's true. You'll just be able to. Transfer us some Bitcoin on the iCloud. That's what my um my cousins, you know, Christmas last year. My you know my cousins are in their twenties. But I was talking to my auntie. I was like, oh, how was Christmas morning this morning? And she's like, good. You know, uh, we just transferred the kids' money like they asked for. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're not even doing like a card anymore. <laughs> just the transfer is <laughs> you know you. Get around the Christmas tree. On. <laughs> All right, everyone, get out your phones and look at your yeah. bank account. I'm going to transfer in three, two, Put one. Your phones under the tree. Santa comes down the chimney and does a bank transfer. I mean, fair it- enough. Yeah. And how is it any different? I guess it's there's just, just you're not. There's just no kind of. There's uh, no thought. There's no like. I, I know. There's no. You know that that surfboard example. That's a like your parents knew you. They they took a bit of a risk of they they saw where your personality was heading yeah. and it was a meaningful. They gift hit to you. a big surfboard somewhere in the house. Yeah, um, yeah, had a bow on it. <laughs> well, your your daughter's going to be just about big enough to know that it's Christmas this Christmas, won't she? She'll like she'll know something's happening. She yeah. likes lights already. Yeah, <laughs> like she stops when we're walking around the neighborhood. There's like a tree that has fairy lights on it, and she says lights, lights. So she'll know something's up, yeah. Mm, I'm about to go back to Perth for my niece's third birthday. Can't wait because she she knows it's her birthday. Yeah, that's fun. So it's going to be fun. I'm going to just drop a big, like, I'm the uncle that's with good- no kids and I don't live in the same state, so here's a giant present. Well, see, this is Lovely. the great age. They don't have any expectation yet. Mm. It's like, oh, my goodness, just things are appearing. That's, yeah, that's true. I can't wait to make the most of that. Just need my ass to heal in time. Oh, yeah, I noticed um, you're sitting today. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, healing well, so I'm told. Yeah. Uh, I've actually got a <laughs> – we, we recorded the Hello Ladies last week and I had to cut it off because I was racing to the GP. This week, though, I think we've left enough time. All right, well, let's keep going. Yeah, let's uh, keep cracking on. So, um, yeah, in that same break, Carl tells another great story about uh, his childhood being left at the Ross's house and what they did to keep an energetic young Carl under control was they put an angry cat on his belly while he was asleep. Um, What a world. You do remember uh, animals that had reputations, though, didn't you? (laughs) 
And like animals kind of outranked you when you were a kid. Like when you're at someone's house <laughs> and they had like an angry dog, it was like you felt like you were below the dog in the hierarchy. It's like, that's the dog's room. Don't go in there. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. The dog, you know, the dog gets to the backyard. Mm. In break seven, we get the first official monkey news intro. You know what, you know what the time is? Bong. <laughs> monkey news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Right. Imagine if Trevor McDonald started like this. Yeah. Uh, and we get Carl's brilliantly vague monkey news here. Uh, Quite a load of monkeys yeah. that are uh, having a good chat. They're <laughs> <laughs> no having a good chat. All right. They found monkeys that can talk. Yeah. Um, about f- they've worked out they've got about five hundred and thirty-four different words that they're using to like have a chat about. Stuff. More than you. <laughs> yeah. What do they chat about then? Just, you know, things that monkeys are worrying about. Just, you know, where do you get that from? Uh, you know. Who does your hair? <laughs> I want to give Carl a hard time for not prepping this, but we've established now that he's done, he's created the, the songs thing, the movie thing. And I forgot about this. See, this is a separate segment to Cheapest Chips. No, There's two <laughs> monkey-related yeah. segments. In the one break, the monkey news, and then the question, how many bananas is a chip oh, at London Oh, do they Zoo? not go to a song? No, is, it's, is this all, in the it's same? all in the one thing. Um, that break doesn't work out as... That game doesn't work out as well as Carl hopes because, as always, they just start asking questions. That annoys him. Uh, the question is, how many bananas does a chimp at London Zoo get a day? Apparently, it's one. Cheapest chimps. <laughs> that made what? me... That made me laugh. I liked that segment. Just, I don't know if you can repeat it. No. It do, I, I don't know if this is much of a spoiler. It doesn't stick around for very long. Cheapest chimps. Sometimes coming up with a name first is good. Other times it's like, yep, it's a one and done. Mm. Uh, from the handbook from the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, yeah. chimpanzees should be fed a balanced diet that includes a mixture of vegetables, fruits, and nutritionally complete dry food. I would have thought they were also omnivores. They'd eat meat, right? Well... Uh, a good quality, complete food, biscuits with mixed produce, vegetables, fruits, and greens will compose the base diet with minimal or no dairy and additional protein sources provided. <laughs> Are chimps omnivores? Because then um, I'm surprised if they aren't, if they're mostly vegetarian. I'm surprised that vegetarians and vegans haven't used that as like, look, a big ape. Look how big and strong they are. They just eat bananas or fruits and vegetables or well, berries. They eat, uh, they eat like ter- termites and like insects. Yeah, insects. Oh, that's like right that. because you know that's the, the tool dipping use. The, yeah, yes. dipping the uh, stick yes. in the termite mound. Right again, still though. I imagine generally, I'm a vegetarian, but I don't speak on behalf of the community. I imagine generally, insects are better than cows. Yes. Do we have a hierarchy of animals? That's probably the whole point of vegetarian mean, and, and, and vegans, actually, is that we shouldn't have a hierarchy. Do you mean in terms of, like, health and environmental impact? Well, yeah, and also just ethically. I don't know. I, don't uh, know. I think that's... Well, vegans would certainly say, no, every living being is the you same. You can't exploit yeah. anything. But vegetarians, we're kind of like, well... <laughs> but that's a big push, is to eat more... Um, we need to be eating more bugs. Eat more bugs. We need to be eating more into the chimps. Dense, um, more sustainable to farm, a higher protein content, something, something. You can get like cricket chips and cricket patties. 
Yeah, let's have some after this. Why not? Uh, Songs of Phrase giveaway in break eight and then in break nine, Carl had a call from a like-minded person during the song, which leads to Carl telling about the guy he read about in Bizarre Magazine who's got no arms but is repairing watches. Oh, boy. He thinks he should be crushing grapes. (laughs) He's annoyed that he's not... Not uh, making best use of the limbs available to him, but I'd argue that he that he is. Um, I did actually look this up a little bit to see. I was like, oh, the the surely if I Google um, armless watch repairman or whatever, yeah. it would come up. There were multiple. Yeah, there's a guy who's a mechanic who who doesn't have um, arms. It's fast. I know that this is 20 years ago, and there's certain things that you go, well, it was a different time. <laughs> But it's not the 1800s. <laughs> Their obsession with, like, you know, different people's bodies is just, like, wasn't it at the time? Didn't it stand out? I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. maybe not. The way, well, the way Carl's fascination with that comes out is um, it's not mindful. It's not, like, thoughtful to Although he does the mass say, human he beings. does kind of, this is for one that he goes, like, I don't want to talk about this. Mm. He's like, oh, I'm very cautious talking about this. And he is kind of told, like, no, 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 it's fine. And then as soon as he says something, he's like, oh, (laughs) I can't believe he said it. Well, yes, you can. You knew what he was going to say and you encouraged him to say it. But Carl Carl always says, I'm not having a go. I'm not having a go. It's just he's not very thoughtful about the things that he says. And this, I talk about the dog days of the show and, the you know, the things that have aged poorly. I think we are about to kick off a run of a segment called Cheeky Freak of the Week. Um, where Carl just picks his favourite, inverted commas, freak of that week. It does then die a death because it is pointed out that, like, it's an offensive. Uh, uh, um, well, it's hard to argue that you're not having a go when the segment's <laughs> called Freak of the Week. Cheeky Freak of the Week, yeah. So we'll have to get through those in the uh, weeks weeks to come as well. Um they then talk about the guy who... Who uh, points it out that's offensive, by the way? Like, listeners or... They come back one week and say, we're not going to do that anymore because it's been... Well, there you we, go. We, we, keep, getting, I asked we the question, get, keep getting complaints. I asked the question, was it pointed out at the time that this was offensive? Yes, it seems uh, yes, like it was. No, yeah. and Ricky Ricky points it out as well. But it's, a you know, they're doing edgy radio and, and Carl does not necessarily reflect the opinions of anyone, as he says. So, you know, under I those know conditions, that, no, they... I don't, I don't think that. They let it... <laughs> Go. It's like uh, people it's, who think they can say allegedly and then just say anything <laughs> about a person. It's like, no, that doesn't cover you. They talk about in this uh, segment as well, the guy, his name's Prince Randian, who was also nicknamed the Pillow Man, the Snake Man, the Human Torso, the Human Caterpillar, and a variety of other names. He was a Giganese-born, forgive me if I've pronounced that incorrectly, uh, American performer with Tetra... Amelia Syndrome and a famous limbless sideshow performer from the early 1900s. The guy who they say rolled a cigarette and lit it with just with his mouth. Um, he was best known for his ability to roll cigarettes with his lips. He was brought to the US by P.T. Barnum in 1889, the age is of 18. That, is that, isn't that the greatest showman guy? Is that who it is? I think it is. It's a familiar name. And I think it was, um, I think a criticism of that was like, ooh, getting a very positive. Right, uh, this okay. movie. Yeah, sure. He was, and I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know enough about it because I think the movie. I haven't even seen the movie, so I probably shouldn't talk about it either. But I think the movie's kind of like they're empowering these people to. But, uh-huh. but then it's like to be themselves, but also they? make money for me by yeah. people guffawing at your 
uh, differences. Um, he was a popular Coney Island carnival and circus attraction for 45 years. And in 1932, he was featured in the film Freaks, in which he is seen lighting a cigarette with a match, which Carl, Carl watches the movie Freaks soon. And I've got that little clip here. I think I've, I haven't actually watched this. It only goes for 38 seconds. Um, do you want to swivel around a bit? I'm just fat, interested to see what it looks like, a man rolling a cigarette with his mouth alone. Here we go. Corner of my eye and got Madame Tetralini giving us the once over. <laughs> I guess she knows she's got a good act. One of the best. Well, hang on, it's already. It isn't only our act that gets them. We've got personality. We know how to sell the stuff. Same way in the last town. Never heard such applause in your life. Let me tell you something. He's opened the matchbox, got a match out. We're only killing time with this circus. We've got bigger Set the match down, and he's lighting it. we can do it, too. Well, catch a rack tomorrow night. we got something new. I can do anything with that, bro. It's pretty impressive. It's well, the dexterity shown. There's a great episode of this podcast called Invisibilia, I think it's called. Have you seen that? I know the podcast. I haven't seen it. It's in the oh, early... Heard it. It's in the early... Um, it's in the early seasons. It's called You Don't Need Eyes to See, I think is the episode. It's about a guy who uses clicks, uh, who doesn't have eyesight and is, uses uh, like echolocation to move around. He can ride a bike and stuff like that. And throughout this episode, the guy takes him on a hike in the wilderness. Kind of the episode, um, the person, uh, the sighted person who's with him uh, is a novice hiker. And the the sun goes down kind of at the peak of this. That's kind of the climax of the episode. And they're like, oh, shit, we're stuck in the bush. And then they're like, well, this person, <laughs> our guide actually doesn't need doesn't need light to get us back and this kind of thing. But this person's uh, story is like they rally against this type of thing because it's like people applaud me for riding a bike. Everyone can ride bikes is this person's um uh, kind of story they go i shouldn't be applauded that's a very common thing and their their hypothesis and i hope i'm reporting it properly is like our expectations of it's like it's offensive that you shouldn't that you should think that i shouldn't be able to ride a bike to me like i should be able to do everyday things and our expectations dictate outcomes sometimes that's I, from memory i listened to this podcast like 10 years ago but the premise was like your expectations can limit people and similarly here, I'm like, well, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's just, it's so outside my sphere of understanding that you, you tell me that and if someone told me that, I'd be like, oh, okay. But it's like this if person, I lost my arm this suddenly. This person without I, arms and legs has to learn how to survive. They've done that. I, I don't, it's I, like, it's interesting know. to see it, to see how it's done. Yeah. In the context of the show, I'm like, it seems like this person has had enough challenges in their life. <laughs> do, uh, do we need to be uh, calling them a freak? What? No. <laughs> no is the answer to that. Do we need to be causing more obstacles for them to overcome? Um, uh, no. But Obviously not. I don't th- you should listen to this podcast. It's pretty okay. great. Okay, sure. And then I'll... Get back on here. It's and one of those ones. An you apology know, or retraction or something. I oh know there's no apology or oh. retraction needed. The um, but you know those episodes of have you seen? Have you had the experience of podcasts? This is a great podcast that no one has ever had listening to ours. But we go like you have to pause it and you go. This is like mind bending 
that like it's like it changed the way I think about things. Have you had those? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I but <laughs> the immediate one that comes to mind is like the first season of Serial when before that took off. Yeah, but that's true crime. It didn't wasn't like oh, I was changing the what. It was just fascinating story. Bloody Adnan, did he do it? Did he not do it? I just don't know. Which is not what you're talking about. So. Have you heard the reply all one where they track down like a scammer? The scammer. I've had it retold to me, oh, and man. I cringe, I shiver at how that's another one for that different reasons. Me. But you pause it and you go, "I cannot believe this is happening." Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, actually, I had that with Snowball. Okay, the ABC one about the the guy who his brother fell in love with an American woman who then stole a bunch of money. In the show, he find he finds her in a car park, yeah, and then just runs up to her and starts asking her questions. Oh wow! And I, that was I literally had my hands head in my hands because there were so many moments because she's trying to be like she's trying to diffuse him, be like, okay, yeah, let's talk another time. And there's so many t- uh, 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 moments where I would go, okay, if I was there, I'd go, okay, yeah, sure, let's talk another time. But he persists. Well, see, that's get- what I'd say with the reply. Oh, I know we're getting off topic now, but it's like. That was happening then and there. See, the ones with the true crime, generally, I'm like, but you're retelling a story that's already happened. Mm. So I'm kind of like, yeah, we can have twists and turns, but I'm not going to get something in the moment. Yeah. And what you're saying there is exactly what it's I'm saying with this reply. Yeah. Oh, it's like he's outside the person's workplace in another yeah. country. He's traveled halfway around the world to track this person down. Funny. It's like, whoa. The gist of that one is uh, scammers who are, are they in India? I don't or know where they are, but they're, like, in a, they're at like other side of the world. But they're those types of things where they go, like they call you up and it's like, hey, like I need you to go onto this website. And basically yeah. I think they take over. Is that what they do? Yeah, it's and then they hold you, hold your like, you know, they say, oh, you got a virus, you got to pay us to. Um, and, and they talk to these guys and one of them says like, I think Americans deserve it. I don't feel guilty about it. But then they break down those walls and, and create a bit of a personal connection with this guy. Well, right? And he finds out they're real, where they work and they right. go there. It's wild. Okay. But then that is, it takes a few more twists and turns for that. It's just one of these things that's like, you know, a great documentary does that too. It's like, where is this going? This is a big tab that we've opened up. Is Reply All still going, by the way? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know, actually. They had some type of controversy, I think. Oh, okay. Cool. I think Who there has was uh, some bullying stuff. Oh, great. Um, Hang on, let me look it up. Okay, well, you just edit that out, actually. That was a bit of a downer. (laughs) Uh, We get on to break 10 and uh, Carl says, if if you think he's got a heart of stone, all you have to do is put the elephant man on. Uh, And then we hear Carl in Billy Elliot in break 11. Uh, there's a ra- very, very radio-style argument about why they have to finish at five to three. Which Ricky seems angry, but it's like, why are you what? angry at the the format? Yeah. It's like, you can't just... A show just can't go to 20 past. It's like, hey, we might be on at one. Tune in and we'll... Because that's the continuation, isn't it? So if you go, well, um, why can't I just keep going? And he goes, well, there's something else afterwards. It's like, well, if you, we can't start and end when you feel like it because I can imagine the next step will be like, well, I was 15 minutes late today. Or, hey, I'm here 15 minutes early. I'm just going to jump on. Mm-hmm. But when can people tune in? People need to know a time that you're mm. ending and starting. And then you go, well, they need to know when the sock is starting. Mm. Which live sport, it's got a hard start time. It's got the infamous You've worked with live sport before. Out. I haven't. 
Like you've worked on a station that broadcasts live store. Uh, was this a problem for you ever? N- uh, no, no. But I've worked, worked a lot around like necessary timeouts, which the news as technology one. has advanced has become much easier to do. But before it used to be like you're counting the clock and be like, all right, when it hits zero zero, you have to hit play. Otherwise, you're going to mess it up completely. And you have a lot of these people who uh, probably didn't do very well in math. That is not a, usually generalizing, but it's not a big crossover between creative people and mathematical people. And then we're in studio having to yeah. do this math real quickly, counting back from a time and, which people find very difficult. And it's a fifty. It's a dice roll whether or not you're going to get it right. It's very easy these days, though. Uh, at the end of the show, Carl pitches another idea to starve overweight people. He called, that says it would be called Famine Academy. The last of his great on, ideas on the show. On. I missed that. I was the. Did they have to be overweight? Did they? I thought they were just celebrities. Uh, no, they had to be over, oh, overweight. It's called well, Famine Academy. It's a way to help people. What was that a reference to? A show that's on? Uh, I think it's just uh, Carl's coming rich with ideas. They on did this show. do um, around a similar time, maybe a few years later, but um. Well, the biggest loser is not dissimilar to that, where people lose weight. Uh, yeah, but I think Carl's idea specifically, people are starved. Right. <laughs> well, that was a criticism they're of not, the biggest loser, I think, as well. They're not. Well, yeah, there was a lot of yo-yoing. Like people would come off the show and then the because it wasn't sustainable. Do you know the story of the guy who won the first one in Australia? This could be slanderous. I'm pretty confident that this is pretty wide. Just say allegedly. Um he won and was possibly aided by illicit substances. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to lose a lot of weight. Right. Isn't that outrageous? I'm, I'm, my mind is going to what illicit substances? Sort well, I don't know enough. Big line of cocaine before you go to the gym. I don't know. What would help you? There's a lot of... I don't know. Not weed. I'm feeling like you might have to edit this out. <laughs> We're speculating. <laughs> We're not like- reporting any of this. Um, we don't know. All right, that's the end of the show. Next week, Carl and Steve really get at each other over something. We hear story, uh, Steve's story of when he got in trouble in a boat with his dad and um, some inventions that Carl thinks are absolutely brilliant. Here's one of the comments below next week's. Uh, this is just on YouTube. One of the comments below this uh, next week's episode. This episode is like being in the trenches with these three. Raging conflicts followed by periods of quiet solemnity and hushed conversation. Can't, All right. Can't wait. Would you like to be in the trenches with these guys? Who, uh, who, who would you most want to be in the trenches with out of these three? Um, Steve, he's tall. No, but it will blow your cover. Um, who would you most want? To, who has the most? I feel like Rick, Ricky has the most practical. Do you think knowledge of things? Well, I, he's, he's the most physical, isn't he? Mm. He wants to. Yeah, yeah he'd get the enemy <laughs> in, a, like, in yeah. a mighty leg lock. So, like, uh, maybe he'd be up for it in a certain context. But I feel like, um, yeah. I mean, it's slim picking. I feel like Carl, you could just about talk into, you know, deserting, making a run for it. Not yeah. bothered. Yeah, he doesn't seem also to be like super. I, would he pick up, uh, you know, the weapons for the cause? Like, mm. you, you know, if you're um, in Braveheart and you're trying to r- ramp up the the, or the the army to be all together behind the one kind of flag. I don't think Carl's someone who does that. I think he's yeah. kind of someone who's like, I don't really get it. Steve doesn't, you know, 
he's tall, that could be either a liability or an advantage, depending. And then, yeah, I I feel like Ricky is kind of like solid set, be hard to push over (laughs) physically. Maybe he is. Squeeze the end. I don't know what era we're talking about here of warfare, but yeah, maybe Ricky. Uh, I feel like Steve might be clever enough to help finagle a situation to get you off the front lines. I feel Maybe like he would be a, one of the radio dispatchers. Yeah, a commander to, someone, to get you in a safe safe. He'd be role. someone, you know, in the line behind organising, hey, that used to be one of the little army men I had. Did you have plastic army men? Uh, yeah. And, um, like the one, ones in Toy Story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them is like a radio guy. Yeah. I feel like that might have been yeah. Steve. That was probably me as well. All right. I'm going to settle Who for Who would Steve. you be? What? In, in, in what? What position do you have in the oh, army? Oh, I've, I've, I've thought about... This and I, I would like in full metal jacket. Although he ends up fighting the guy who's like a journalist, yeah. I'd be in. I'd be in media. I'd I don't be, think that's a part of the army, though. I think that's independent, isn't it? Oh, not like a journ. No, I'd be writing press releases. Right, propaganda. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in the propaganda. Uh, what's that, Goebbels? No, why am I Nazi? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I'd be. I'd be in commu- in the communication side. No, I would not be in the front line. Be like, Come on, fellas and ladies, let's kick some ass. Probably be doing some sick moves. Uh, yeah, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is really... that the end of that? Where would you be? Yeah, well, I said kind of the radio guy. I think it mm. depends on like, um, I can imagine in my younger days, I probably could have been talked into they could have convinced me to be on the front line. I think really? I could have been like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, this is important. <laughs> now that I'm a bit out of my head, I'm not, I'm not put me down the back somewhere, That's guys. Great comedian, Damien Power. He, I've been to a show of his where, where he talks about the differences, you know, between a lot of things. But one of them is like, anyone here, would anyone here fight for their country? <laughs> put your hands up if you'd fight for your country and just crickets. Oh, man, there's some. I saw this photo the other day of like, when you're a parent, things hit you differently of, like, people lining up to go to war, like the Second World War or something, and the guy's toddler is, like, waving goodbye. Or, like, you know, Oof. like the idea of, like, they've they've broken free of their mum's hands and they're running over to say goodbye to dad. I was just like, nah, can't do that. Yeah. Cannot do that. <laughs> uh, what about, like, TV shows where a kid goes missing or that's, what, that's another thing I've heard is that... Oh, man, I cry in TV ads I- all the time. <laughs> Like, part of it is probably the sleep deprivation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're, like, on edge. But, like, you do get a different um, perspective on things, certainly. On that note, uh, let's wrap up this episode, Series 2, Episode 30, CarlyPootBoysPod at gmail.com, Patreon. I think we're still looking for a new content director. And um, Zach Mann is on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. Zach, see you next time. Bye. Chimps. <laughs> what?